Welcome to the Yak Sports Podcast with Joe Deck and Leela McRae. Joe, I missed Friday football action for the first time in years and years and years. It, it could be close to 10 years. Wow. Um, so I was just not social at the gathering I was at. I was looking at my phone at Twitter and checking scores. I even turned the radio broadcast on for a second just to make sure you guys were sounding as good as I, I hope you would always sound, even when I'm not there. Uh, but you guys were at a draft. How was that game? Uh, I was very much in favor of draft. Uh, I I don't remember your pick for that game. I think you had draft by two scores. Um, I, I took them by a similar margin. Yeah. And they played a little bit better than I thought. Loray is very... Loray does like to throw the ball more than we're used to seeing from Loray, but they weren't successful at it. Um, they either overthrew targets. Uh, the quarterback was under duress. They had a couple run plays up the middle that seemed to build a little bit. But Loray, honestly, couldn't get out of their own way. Lots of 15-yard penalties. Lots of false starts. Ooh. Lots of delay of games. Like, just dumb, dumb. Anytime Loray thought, you thought, like, oh, Loray's about to get something going here. They're going to score. Maybe get back in this game. An offensive lineman would take a cheap shot after the play and you'd be like all right i don't know what you're doing like and, and it you know I, you know me because we're there on friday nights and you operate under the same operation where we really really try not to get negative about the players because they're high school kids but after like the third or fourth one, I, I did say, I was like, if Loray was this interested in hitting somebody in between the whistles, they might not find themselves <laughs> down so much in this game. Like they, they were just so interested in taking illegal hits and hitting people after the whistle and all that. And I was like, okay, message sent. You're, you're not playing football. You're playing dirty and you're bad at football. And this team is bad at football. Loray might make the 2B playoffs, but they're going to be a quick exit because as we said on Friday night, uh, Chip and I, while we were there, the winner of that game has an outside path. I think if some other things go their way and they can they continue to build on success throughout the regular season in other games that are going to be important, they have an outside shot at hosting a playoff game. The loser of that game is going on the road, and they're going on the road to Central, Clark, or Riverheads. And I don't think that's a recipe for success for either team, uh, but especially Loray. I, I don't see a path in where Loray beats Clark County central or or riverheads i just don't think that's possible yeah now for stewart's draft defense played really well i was impressed with the defense and what they were able to do offensively uh there were a couple times where they threw the ball that it, it just seems like their plan on throwing the ball is hail mary and hope it works out i would like to see some slant routes some ins um it, over the middle of the field just something in the path where uh, maybe Graber can have some more success. They did uh, put his name's escaping me right now. And I don't have the stat program up to help me. Um, <laughs> their other quarterback who I, th- oh, gosh, I want to say Mitchell number six. Um, if your name's not Mitchell, I'm sorry. Um, but, and both quarterbacks kind of just threw the ball deep. And I, I'd like to see him get some intermediate throws. Cause I think they might have more success and be able to, mix it up a little bit other than which back is getting the ball. Martin. 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 So it was an M. 
part. I this, the paper must have not um, the paper I read, so we'll just leave it there. Must have not had the stats right because it was like zero for two passing with two interceptions. So I, I think it just wasn't the right line. If you're not sitting here saying the passing game wasn't the worst thing that's ever happened, uh, but it does look like the run game was there with Graber over 100 yards, more over 100 yards. Um, you know, three touchdowns for the young Baylor Graber there on his Landon um, seven carries, 62 yards and a touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, that's what we're used to draft doing. I, you know, it's hard for me to judge this because I honestly coming into this, you know, 14 was was my confident pick of Stewart's draft. I didn't think much of Larray. I just, they came into that game, what, one and two. And I, I just didn't think, I didn't think a lot of them. And I thought draft is at least solid, not bad, not great, but solid. So I, I don't know what I'm taking away from this game. You know, you want to see that passing game at some point to make you think they can overcome stuff later. We say that about every team in the Shenandoah district at some point. Um, didn't see it there, but, you know, might, might just see it this week when they play Stanton. Um, so yeah, I, that's, that's good. I, I hate, I hate those games, you know, even if our local team wins, which I'm always kind of rooting for at least, you know, always rooting for, um, uh, they, uh, <laughs> sorry, I distracted you. Yeah. You distracted me. Uh, <laughs> um, Okay, let me I, ask it to you this way. Was it our favorite? All the penalties where it just gets all messed up and like it's just it's a waste. Of, it's not how high school football should be played. So no. I, that always bothers me, no matter who does it. Can I ask you? Was it our favorite person? Um, I'm not sure. I know I read one a conflicting report from uh, from him. It wasn't at that game. It was at a different game. Okay, so because he was giving yeah. he was giving updates at that game. I didn't see him. But he was. I read two game. interceptions in that game. I don't have Landon Graber for any interceptions. So okay, and I okay. was at the That's... game, so okay. <laughs> I didn't have any interceptions. Yeah, I didn't think it was that game. There was a conflicting like paragraph um, in there, but we'll let this pass. This is this is small potatoes in that. Um, you know, the game that I was probably most eager to see scores from was that Fort Defiance game. Um, you know, that's my what I saw coming this weekend where I thought Fort would win. I wasn't impressed with Broadway's wins over Strasburg and Fluvanna. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they lost a, another game. I, I just not placing who it was. So I, I just wasn't impressed with that. And Fort Defiance the week before against Riverheads played tough. And I thought if they come with that kind of attitude, they're beating Broadway. No, no problem about it. And even even if they're not quite at that, I still thought they could beat them. And, I, and you know, I think somewhere in the middle of that, I don't think they were perfect. Um, I don't think they played their best, best game by any means, but I think they won that game. And I think that effort can, can get them more wins in the district this year. I don't know how plural that is. I know they got to play Waynesboro and uh, Buffalo gap. So that's at least two opportunities that easily we can say, I, you know, I don't know if that effort gets you over Stanton or, or Wilson. And so, yeah, I, um, yeah, that Fort defiance game was, I was excited to see that score come in. I thought I'd be the only one picking for it. So that's why I was more excited about it. I didn't listen to y'all's picks. I was I was tied up at that time. Um, but you you went with Fort too, huh? I did. I took Fort. Uh, basically the same rationale you had. Uh, the a one point win against Fluvanna and a one point or a one point loss to Fluvanna, I guess. Um, beating Waynesboro and then a one point win against Strasburg didn't really impress me. So, in the Fort Defiance Indians, uh, TA is. Going to be a bloodbath no matter who you play. Yeah. Allegheny, okay. 
Riverheads. They're terrible that night. I yeah. mean, I don't think that's who they are. And I judge them. Riverheads, they improved. But I don't think that's who they are. Right. In the Riverheads game, they improved. And I was like, okay. And like you said, in my head, I was like, if they play like they did against Riverheads, they will beat Broadway. Yeah. And they did. Um, that was a game that wasn't – they were they had a pretty comfortable lead throughout the whole game, in my opinion. So I was very happy to see Fort kind of control that game and win. Um, I think that's good for Fort Defiance. They're going to need that. Um, I guess let's move on to the uh, – what, what Well, no, of? I also saw Stanton. Um, Stanton pounding James River was yeah. awesome. That That's what I have been wanting to see from Stanton. All season long. They came out. They absolutely bludgeoned a class one team that I think should have been beat by one of our other schools earlier in the year. Um, And the defense played well. The offense played well. They had some passing touchdowns. Uh, It it all worked. It all worked. We've been saying for a while, Jeff Rye is your best athlete. You've got to get him involved. And they did. And so for me, that was that was big to see from Stanton. Sets up a big game I, with Stewart's draft coming up. I really like to see Fields. You know, the rest of that's what they need and I think is helpful and it's that explosive. I like Fields with four touchdowns. I, I like that 19 carries, 101 yards. That's just some putting the ball in his hands and letting him go. Um, I like that. I like seeing that stat line. Yep. As, as, on top of the other ones. I just I like that out of the running back. Um, they need consistent efforts like that. They'll need all those to to touch in some way against George Draft this week. George Draft's a good, solid football team. This was a game last year when Stanton won this matchup last year at Gypsy Hill Park, 35-21. That was, okay, Stanton something. You know, Stanton's for real here. You know, they just beat George Draft. I think they have a great opportunity again. I mean, that's two two-and-two two teams. I believe either one could win. I, I think, you know, I, I would listen to anybody's argument for either one of those teams winning this week. I agree. Uh, what surprised you from Friday night? Wilson did not play great, in my opinion. Um, I thought they should have beaten Western Albemarle by more. Um, and so this would give me concern going into a big Riverheads game. Maybe they overlooked Western Albemarle getting ready for Riverheads. And I guess we'll find out because that's where we're going to be. But to me, only winning that game by two scores was not a great sign. I, I this is now two or three weeks in a row, three weeks in a row, I guess, where what I've seen from Wilson just I haven't really loved. You know, I didn't look at it as struggling. Like, even when the scores came in Friday, they were up 22 nothing at the half. I kind of just assumed, you know, they were working stuff out still a little bit, uh, particularly in the second half. After they got up three scores, um, and then, you know, things didn't – go right in the third quarter and then they might probably get in subs in. So I just didn't look at it as struggling as much with that. But yeah, I think before the game, you easily, you easily could have thought, all right, they win by a bunch. Uh, I think the picks I sent to you, Wilson by 20. So yeah, I, I said three scores. That's not what they did. Um, yeah. I don't know. I didn't look at it as quite as critical as you for them, but they got the big test this week against Riverhead. So, you know, whatever secrets they're hiding, <laughs> whatever they need to figure out, all that's coming to the surface this this week. I mean, Riverheads will show your faults one way or the other. And I know, you know, we continually come back to Riverheads isn't quite as crisp as we're used to seeing them. Um, they're still good enough to do that to you. And so, I, you know, I think this week will either 
give us reason to keep talking about Wilson highly and, you know, where can they finish in that three C race that could matter for them or just kind of accept the fact that they're going to be traveling to Lynchburg in the um, first, first part of that playoffs. Um, and then, I mean, that's even, even if they don't win this week, if they battle Riverheads real close, real tight, you know, I could be looking at the second best Shenandoah team and, and what is that going to mean in PowerPoints by the time we're all setting through, but I, I just think, I think it's probably the same well, thing. You got to prove it right now. I, I do think this matters for that. I, I the second best team in the Shenandoah district is going to be doing some traveling. Probably. Yeah. I mean, the way, uh, what did I look at these stats? I, and I was going to save them for Friday. I'll go ahead and whip them out now. Uh, the Valley district, uh, 14 and 13 and non-district play this year. The Bull Run District, uh, which a lot of our teams will go funnel to the playoffs with 13 and 9 in the playoffs, uh, one less team over there. The Shenandoah District, 8 and 17, a 32% winning percentage there. Yep. That's not good. That's not what we're used to seeing. Either, and honestly, so. it'd be a lot worse if it wasn't for last week. Last week was the best week by far for the Shenandoah District. Was it last week or two weeks ago? It was this week. Stewart Straff oh, beats Loray, Fort Defiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beats this Broadway. Week, yeah. Fort Defiance beats Broadway. Yeah. Stuart Straff beats Laray. Stanton beats James yep. River. Wilson beats Albemarle. That's half of them right there. That's yeah, half of your eight. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Half of yours yeah. came this week. The Shenandoah District yeah. absolutely needed this kind of week. And, and honestly, one of the losses we'll talk about, Buffalo Gap was in that game. In fact, they were leading for a nice portion. The disappointing part yeah. for Buffalo Gap is they don't close it out. And I think they're this might be a one-win team. It could be. I, you know, they'll battle with Fort. They they play Waynesboro uh, this week. So, and this is the game. If they're going to win one, an opportunity it's this week. I I wondered if it was a good sign. I you know I I saw those scores coming in. Then they don't hold on. I thought East Rock was better coming in. I, I don't think I even had it that being that close a game in my prediction. So when it was closer for a good bit of the game. It gave me hope that maybe it was a good sign. Things are kind of coming together there. Um, but yeah, might not be enough to prove that. Um, I, I, you know, I would think they'd win this week. I, I really do. So that would be the, the one win. Um, yeah. They don't play for is, is the next one you would bring up. That's their last game of the season. Um, I don't think they're yeah, going to be I mean, that's what I'm looking forward to is that game. I'm like, as much as I'm excited about the game, we're going to Riverheads at Wilson. As interested as I am of the scores coming out of Stewart's draft where Stanton will be there. I, I'm excited that at least Waynesboro Gap will have a win after this week. I know I won't respect the win that much, but I'm I'm excited that at least one of them will have a win. But what I, what I am saying is I assuming players are healthy going into that Fort Gap game, I don't think Gap's beating them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a few weeks unless, away, but yeah. unless I see something completely different, I'm gonna have to see a completely different different gap team. I just even the team that's beating East Rock for a while, like okay. I mean, there's a problem with Buffalo Gap is they're playing good first halves. I mean, this is what the second or third week in a row they've scored yeah. all their points in the first half, and then they just can't like they got to be able to adjust mid game to what the other people are adjusting. I think they come in with good game plans. I mean, in every one of these games, they're in it at halftime, right? I mean, they, they've all been bad, haven't they? But like, they just don't score in the second half. And that's, I mean, that's a, not a great sign of preparedness. If you can't mid game prepare. Yeah. Um, so winners this week, we got uh Fort playing Madison. Who you got? Oh, we're picking. 
Fort versus Madison. I'm picking Fort. I don't think Madison yeah, beats exactly. Fort. You don't have to put numbers on it this week. You can prepare it by pre- prepare that by Friday. Yeah. I think Fort's got them. Uh, Buffalo Gap, Waynesboro. I got Gap. Tonight, I will say Gap. I need to think about it. <laughs> I I mean, you're I, laughing, but yeah, no, I just like Waynesboro scored only one time in three of their games, and only TA is the only opponent I have much thought about. Um. I just think no, Waynesboro has more than six points this year. In the in in three of the four games. Oh, they okay. I thought you meant in the game. The way you said it the first time, I took it as they've scored one time in three or four games. But I I just don't think they're gonna put enough offense together. Now, hey, they were winning against TA. Time, then you're good to go. So they were winning against TA. Un momento. Yeah. Uh, what do you got over there at Stewart Strap with Stan? That's a really, really interesting game. Oh, this one's going to be good. I think both defenses are good. Uh-huh. I think Stanton has the better offense. I'm taking the storm. Yeah, that's, see, that's where I'm at, too. So we'll have to, uh, that's we'll gonna have be to tight. work our magic on Friday to make sure we're on our own there. Because I, I think <laughs> I'm going to stick with that. Uh I think I'll stick with that for that for Friday. I'll, I'll keep looking at it, but I, I do right now. I'm taking Saiyan Stan. Yeah. And uh, Riverheads Wilson. I think this might, this has a chance to be the closest Riverheads Wilson game we've seen in a while, but I just haven't seen enough to from Wilson these past three weeks to make me pick them. So I'm going to stick with the gladiators. Yeah. I mean, the Riverheads beat them nine in a row. And I, if from all memory, they've all been wide open. And last time Wilson beat Riverheads was back when Wilson was really good and, contending for state championships. So uh, we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. I got Riverheads too. So it seems like we're picking pretty much the same there. We'll we'll see where we get on Friday. Um, looking at volleyball, I know last week we kind of skirted past that with a lawn episode, but uh, district district play has started up. Um, Fort Defiance uh, beat um, Stuart Straff, or I don't know who they beat. They, they played Stuart Straff and Wilson Memorial this week. Um, so they will that will be tell a lot because Wilson Memorial already two and one in the district. They're the team that kind of got going early and has got them all in. That's an interesting matchup between two teams in the top half. Another matchup this week between two teams in the top half, Riverheads uh, versus Stanton on Tuesday night. So by the time you're listening to this, you probably know what the final was. Uh, but those those interesting games there Tuesday and Friday, uh, the fourth game with Wilson, uh, not Friday, Thursday, I think that's going to, you know, start shifting what we think of this district, but I still think it's shifting behind what Fort Defiance is, unless there's some kind of upset from Wilson, which I don't see happening. They lost to Riverheads the other day. Um, I just think Fort probably wins that, and and we're still talking about who's two, three, and four. Um, You know, I think Stanton with an early district win was exciting, and uh, I'm interested to see if they can kind of keep something like that going. Yeah, I think that it's going to be interesting um, to see what happens with this volleyball season. I I think what we're seeing early in district play, we kind of expected, right? Fort, pretty good uh, in terms of district play. Now, out of district, I I think maybe we're not seeing what we're used to seeing in terms of they're going to compete in that region. I do think they might have problems, right? Uh, That's going to... That's not a yeah. the re, the overall regular season was not a great sign for success. Now, there's still plenty of time to turn that around, and when they have the matches in the region tournament that really matter, 
they win those, that's all that matters. Doesn't matter what happens in the regular season. I, I like that they'll be battle tested against those three C teams that they're used to playing, and then they'll be yeah. in that two B playoff where they got Central and that's true. Seem to be the better bull run district teams up there. So I'm interested to see how that plays out, uh, how that that difference um, happens there. But but what I, would I worry me there? I do think they're contenders. I just don't know if they're like the favorite. I was going to say what would worry me there is unlike most of the other sports where dropping from 3C to 2B is a definite advantage for that school in terms of their ability to compete. I do think volleyball might be the one sport where there might be a drop-off, but it's not a major drop-off. And, I mean, we've seen some state championship contenders come out of 2B. Yeah. Yeah, I had a... Yeah, probably. I mean, Rockbridge and Spotswood seem to be like the best in that 3C can kind of continually and Fort's always had their multiple chances against those teams. And it kind of was behind Rockbridge for a good bit there. And they finally overcame even with Megan good there. They couldn't overcome that. But, you know, they found their way later. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. See how still plays out. I'm still hoping, you know, I'm nothing against Fort Defiance. I'm just hoping, you know, Fort can lose a volleyball game <laughs> in, in district this year right. and make this more of a race. I just don't see it happening. No, but I just think it would be make it interesting if it did. It's kind of what I say in softball and uh, volleyball is just like Fort just keeps dominating. And that's our problem with Wilson, right? In three C, is they're going to struggle when they get to that three C. I think. Um, yeah, and then and they've been kind of used to being that kind of second best team in the district. And with the Riverheads, a loss to Riverheads already this year, you know maybe. Be that's not quite the case this year. So, and I guess you know um, while we're talking early and surprises, you know Waynesboro is doing a little bit better than we thought. I mean, already four well, and they nine. They knocked off Gap. They I, beat I'm, Gap. Um, yeah. and I, I know in the DR poll they're right behind Wilson. So we'll see what happens um, as the season unfolds. But uh, an interesting start to the season. I would say this draft game is important for them. They need to win that one. Yeah, a lot of good ones this week. Uh, over in golf, the uh, regular season wrapped up. They had the Shenandoah District Championship. They had a bunch of, like, three of those tournaments during the year, but they had the final one. Wilson won that as they won all the other ones and, and kind of won it going away. Not unexpected there. Riverheads finished second. Uh, they had been contending and kind of in that spot uh, in the other matches this year. So in the season finale, in the one that matters, they do come in second, beat Fort Defiance by four strokes to take the second place in the district. Um, now those two teams, Riverheads and Fort Defiance, they'll go to the two B regional, uh, and that's, uh, next Monday at heritage Oaks. So that'll be fun to see those two teams and plug in those other teams from the region. There, um, three C's tournament is in Lake Monticello. That's where Wilson will go. Um, so, so good stuff there. That's all funnel into state championship time where that's on the 9th and 10th of October. Um, so we'll. We'll update next week on what happened with those regions and uh, and try to look ahead at states a little bit. Um, but time to jump up to uh, bigger football college. Um, let's start where let's start with something happy because it'll it'll dwindle after that. Uh, JMU they won sixteen yeah. to fourteen at Troy. Um, they just make big plays when they need to. I don't. I'm not gonna sit here and I think JMU's just great. I, you know I don't think. There's definitely weaknesses with this team, right? Like the secondary is an issue. If they play somebody that has a legitimately good quarterback, they are going to be exposed. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're all lost. As you said, 
last week. And, and that, and that showed itself to a degree this week. There wasn't as many big plays, but just like pockets that they got into allowed field possession issues. But I, I appreciate what JMU unlike any other team we're about to talk to talk about any local team. They just make big plays when they need to, they, they get it done. They find a way to get it done. And, and you got to appreciate that. Out of them. And uh, while I, I, I just want to say that I don't think they're great. I don't think we need to start hollering about, oh, they're getting left out of the postseason to get. I like it's interesting. They're not going you say to the that. college football playoff, so we can just calm it down. But like, we'll just see what they do. And and I I do think it's messed up. They can't be in that um, postseason at all, even just for the Sun Belt or any bowl game. But um, yeah, I that's what it is. They got Utah State this week, Saturday night at 8 p.m. I think it's an online online only broadcast on like yeah, the Mountain like West Mountain Network. West Network. I don't even think that's real. So I've got to figure that out so my wife is happy. Uh, and then they'll play South Alabama next week on ESPNU at noon. That's kind of a nice spot for them to play on. Hey, ESPNU next week. I know this week is an online only thing, so it's you know bad memories for JMU. But next week, ESPNU, they've been on ESPN already. It's such, such a better deal for them. Yeah, I think the South Alabama game is going to be big. I they better beat Utah state. Um, and then the South yeah. Alabama game might be a test. South Alabama did just kick the piss out of Oklahoma state. That was, yeah. I don't mind to... that in the summer. I don't mind that you have these tests. That's great. That's what we should have. I think that, uh, yeah, they're going to get tested. They have a tougher schedule, uh, this year with the out of division games. Um, mm-hmm. and, but they passed one of those tests in Troy. So, that was yeah. big. Um, I on the road there. Too. Yeah, I like that win. Uh, and yeah, it's interesting. You say don't start talking about college football playoff and stuff. It's uh, anytime GMU gets to like this point in the season, which both years now have been the case. <laughs> um, I haven't seen it on social media yet, but my brother and I like to antagonize our cousin who gets kind of like you. Uh, and it's just like, oh my gosh, shut up. Don't start talking about this. We kind of started talking about it in that group text after we beat UVA. <laughs> um, and then after we beat Troy, the defending Sunbelt champions, we were like, oh my gosh. I was like, and he goes, he goes, oh my gosh, what are you guys going to do now? Start talking about college football playoff. And we have these outlandish bets we make. We made one that back when the Carolina Panthers had that undefeated regular season. And then they ended up losing in the Super Bowl to the Denver Broncos. Um, there was a star, what we called the quote unquote Star Wars bet. He hadn't seen any of the Star Wars movies at the time. And the bet was if the Carolina Panthers win, he has to watch all the Star Wars movies that were out at the time. Well, the Carolina Panthers went undefeated that regular season. I'm sorry. The bet was if the Carolina Panthers went undefeated in the regular season, he had to do that. So they did. So he had to watch all the Star Wars we now have what we're calling the Lord of the Rings extended edition bet. <laughs> <laughs> so he has to watch all of the Lord of the Rings extended editions of the trilogy, the original trilogy, if JMU makes it into the college football playoff this season. Um, and you might be thinking, well, oh, it has to be this, this, this season. I hear you. I don't think we're going to get him this season. But here's the thing, Leland. He's so confident that it will never happen. We're just going to keep re-upping it. And eventually we're going to get him and he's going to get in and he's going to have to watch him. I, Hey, that'd be awesome. I hope, I hope he does have to watch him sometime. Um, tech played, <laughs> which is depressing. Kind uh, of. Yeah. They kind of played. They're, yeah. They're one and two. We lost to Rutgers. It's just like, 
the first play of the game, I was just yeah. like, oh, I don't have enough alcohol for this. Like, <laughs> I, I was at an event with plenty of that, and uh, oh. I didn't have enough. Uh, we were watching the thing on a cell phone with spotty service. Eventually, we got the Wi-Fi connection for the venue. Um, and we lost a record. Like, what more do I have to say? We're seven-point dogs to Marshall. Like, what What else do I – like, this – Again, I – like I out of the bottom yet. I know we've been to the bottom. I don't know if we're coming out of it yet. Like, I'm just not feeling the, the upward movement that I want to feel because beating a team like Rutgers is what it takes to go to a bowl game, and we're not doing that. Again, I, I hate to say I told you so, but when we held on to Fuente for that extra year because we didn't want to pay the buyout money, I was like, this is going to be a lot more in the long run than what that buyout is right now. Man, and I don't know when I told you you were wrong. I just said we weren't going to fire him then, and we didn't. Yeah. I didn't say we shouldn't. <laughs> But now I mean, we're... it started with Beamer. It started with Beamer. Beamer holding on too long. Yeah, but that one but you it... could have dug out of quickly because you had the talent in the room, and now you don't have the talent in the room. If I could sit here and say we, like, obviously made the wrong hire of Fuente when we did it, then like I think it'd be easier for me not to bring up Beamer. But like on paper, Fuente was the right hire. Fuente, was, I was fine with the Fuente hire when we yeah. made it, and year one shows that. If you hand him great talent, he can make it work. The problem is he can't keep bringing in talent. He's not a recruiter. That was found out after we lost to ODU at ODU the first time. And that's the first time I told you we might be in trouble here. And then there were other games along the way that a lot of people were like, oh, well, Beamer lost those games. And it's like, yeah, but. Yeah, we're rehashing the past. It's just like we suck now. (laughs) And here's the thing. Here's the thing. I I don't know what they're going to do at quarterback for this next game. I really hope they don't go back to Wells. I do think drones wasn't great. And if I'm being brutally honest, there are moments where I am sitting at home watching the game going, you have to make a decision quicker. Like if I have time to sit there and think, what are you doing? Run or pass, run or pass. It's taking too long. And that that's my big, bone to pick with drones especially when our offensive line is what it is i texted you this during the game our offensive line would be better if they were weeble wobbles like or they might as well be just a line of weeble wobbles the nil deal would probably be cheaper for weeble wobbles to hop on as a sponsor you might even get paid um just dress them up in a virginia tech uniform and just have them stand out there so the defensive lineman can knock them down and they'll pop right back up. Um, That's basically what our offensive line does now. They don't block a soul. The first play of the game, not on the offensive line, that was just a bad transfer. The first play of the game, when that happened, I was like, okay. And the defense, to their credit, played well for large chunks of this game. We just gave Rutgers short fields, which hurt. And then at the end of the game, the defense got tired because they've been out there for three quarters. And I don't, at a certain point, I'm not mad at the defense when the offense is allergic to yardage and first downs. I, I can't, I, I start to lose interest, and I'm sure the defensive players do too, when you watch the offense just ram their head against a cement wall. Yeah. I, I just, I don't have anything. I was sitting at a wedding reception for like when we fought back and then 
nothing happened. I don't, I don't know what I feel about dress. I'm, I'm, uh, my group was all Hokies. We were at a Hokie wedding, all Hokies there. Um, Pop Watson was who we're talking about. Like we're not talking about the now we're talking about the future, you know, and it's not like I'm saying I want him in next week. I'm not saying I want him in this season. I just want to start, you know, feeling positive about something. So I have to look at people that. Yeah. And that's your hope, right? Is that he stays and doesn't transfer and you sees an opportunity to play next year. You'd have to think what he's seeing happen on the field would give him that hope, but he might transfer because we don't have the players to protect him. Man. I mean, I'm I'm only half joking about Weeble Wobbles. I, like, I love <laughs> I love what we did with the receiver room in this offseason. I think we could do it again, but also I want to start. I want to see that in the other positions. I want to see it as obvious as we yes. saw it in the what receiver. Honestly, like maybe we are making good strides. I'm not seeing that and feeling that. I want to feel optimistic about position groups getting significantly better as we did in the in the and wide receiver. Room. I think that's so a mixture that's of transfer portal and recruiting. I. Absolutely. If That's I don't see if I don't see a single offensive lineman that is on this team right now starting next year, I'll be fine. Because what I've yeah, seen from them right yeah. now does not justify them having a role. Because they're just not good enough. They're not good enough. The Marshall game's coming up. I don't feel great about the Marshall game. I honestly, Leland, you want me to be absolutely brutally honest? There isn't a game on, on that watch. schedule. There isn't a game on that schedule. I look at and go, yeah, that's a definite win. You, there's going to have to be like a wellness check if we lose to Marshall. Like, I know we're seven point dogs, but if you <laughs> lose to Marshall and to do it back to back weeks with record, like you're going to need to probably call somebody and make sure. I'm we okay. getting together for that game? Uh, I don't know if I can pull that off this week. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. I don't want to invite everybody listening, even though most of the people I know are welcome at my house. Oh. <laughs> it would make the wellness check easier if I was in the room. Um, UVA played on Friday night. We yeah. watched that one at a social event while Friday night football was coming on. So that was the other reason I was distracted at dinner. I was watching my phone and then also watching the TV that was up behind me and watching uh, in, a, in a Maryland brewery bar restaurant. They didn't have the Maryland game on to begin with. So uh, we had to get them on there. I, I mean, I think we, we crossed that Mason Dixon line, maybe. So, um, you were we in Pennsylvania? Right on. Huh? Where were you? Mayor Eastern Shore, Maryland. Then you didn't cross the Mason Dixon line. Oh, then something's wrong. Something was wrong with that. Just no one was into football. We got the game on. Um, Maryland, UVA was there early. They were playing ball early, but then Maryland just stomped them, which... I said everything else make me mad. That that didn't bother me at all. Um, their D isn't good. I I thought their yeah. D was supposed to keep them in some games. I thought nah. their uh, defensive. No, I don't know if they said their defensive back. Their D's not good. I know that. No, their quarterback, uh, Calandria, I think will be good. UVA has the same problem Virginia Tech does in terms of their offensive line needing. To, I, maybe it's a Virginia school thing at. ACC school thing. UVA and Virginia Tech just talk to the people that are at JMU. Talk to the people that are at ODU because they honestly that offensive line cannot be worse than yours. Like, I don't know if there's an offensive line in America that is as bad as UVA and Virginia Tech's when I watch them. Outside of, you know what? We will talk about one here in a minute. I, I, will, I don't want to spoil it because I did text you a spin zone on Virginia Tech season. Um, but they're just bad. Their offensive line, I mean, JMU's 
pass rush was living in the backfield when they played. And, and that was the only yeah. good news. Uh, one point I did miss going back to Virginia Tech, like we, no one like look, looks more difficult to make a six yard play than Virginia Tech. Like every oh, yeah. other football game I watched the last two weeks, three weeks, everybody just gets six yard plays all the time. You know, it also just seems like drones. Six, we never gain six yard. Like we just, Oh my goodness. Uh, again, and I think drones is better than Wells, and I, I stick by that right now. But drones does give himself up to before the first down line more than any other quarterback I've seen. Man. I'm just like, if you're going to run, dude, run. And uh, the guy doing the game on TV was he like, well, you know, game. if Wells is hurt, you know, you don't want him taking a lot of hits. And I was like, I don't know that Wells is hurt. Like, ah. I would like to get yards. I'd like to get first down on that last week. So I, and it would surprise me. I, are you, uh, are you making accusations that they are tail tell that they're mouthpieces? I would a hundred percent say that. <laughs> no. Are you saying text text making up an injury? Jeez. Uh, I, we know TSL's mouthpieces. We know that that's what they are. Yeah. They got real quiet about Fuente. Didn't they? Oh, whatever. <laughs> Um, all right, so uh, let's start with what surprised you from Saturday. What surprised you? Before we get to that, can I just say a game that, because we're going to talk about them later on the, when we look forward, but I want to talk about the game because I was up till 3 a.m. watching it. Oh, I was going to transition that, but that's fine. You can do it whatever order you want. We can. The Colorado game. It was a great game. I loved it. I I didn't love Sunday morning waking up after being up till 3 a.m. and remembering that I'm not 24. Um but it was it was a good game. I honestly I thought Shador Sanders depending on how the next couple weeks go, that was a Heisman moment when he took the Colorado Buffaloes 98 yards to tie the game in regulation. Yeah. Yep. That when I saw it, it and good. I was I was chatting with a buddy who was through the PS4. We were watching the game together. And when he scored that touchdown, I was like, that might be the Heisman Trophy. Like, it was that good. Colorado State was um, dirty. Man, they were dirty. That was was dirty. dirty. That was was dirty. That was a rivalry dirty game. And their coach, honestly, I was like, what are you talking about? Because they interviewed the coach at one point in the game. He's like, this is a rivalry game. This is what rivalries are about. I can't believe there's so many flags being thrown. I'm like, every single one of those personal fouls was absolutely, without a doubt, a personal foul. They were not borderline like, oh, come on. They were absolutely 100% personal fouls. Now, I don't think the kid getting death threats is great. I think that might be extreme. But also, that was an extremely dirty hit that I knew it wasn't targeting, but I was like, oh, that looked intentional. And with purpose. Like, at what point do you eject a kid for something that is with malice? When I saw that, I said, like, and I say this all the time, when you late hit somebody and hurt them, you are out as long as they are. Like, just that's the default to me. Like, if they're out for the season, you get to be out for the season. If they're out two plays, you're out for two plays. Like, it was, yeah, it was, he was there to hurt him. He wasn't there to stop the football. He was there to, like, stop him from breathing and you know, it was closer to that than anything else. It wasn't good. I didn't make it to the very end. I had had a long day, I had a long night the night before. And so I didn't make it to the end. 
And, uh, but I did wake up shortly after the game ended <laughs> and actually caught what the final score was and two overtimes beside it. And that was, wow. I, I appreciated of all the, man, just so much going on around that game. They had both game days there. They had ESPN game day there. They mm-hmm. had the Fox crew there. Fox McAfee was there covering that game. Um, just so much going on. You had Sanders visiting both things. You had Wheezy there standing on, uh, Fox, you had all sorts of people. The Rock. On ESPN. There's just a lot. A lot going on. And all the take my sunglasses and hat off to talk to people talk and all that built up. I appreciate when the game ended. Sanders didn't really push it forward. He, you know, he. he I was going to say, that's what I have learned. That's the high road. And I appreciate that Sanders does seem to get there. Yeah, in in his press conference today, he said people need to stop sending this kid death threats. Hunter has forgiven him. We as a team have forgiven him. We've moved on. Um, Which I also thought was another point which he maybe could have escalated things and didn't, which was good. Um, But yeah, I thought after the game... But that's the thing, Leland. I think he... and, And people were already kind of saying this after the Nebraska game where they talked about Matt Rule making things personal when he, Matt rule didn't mention Colorado at all. Um, but they tried to take some quote from Matt rule and make it like a personal thing. Um, this one is obviously different. He was absolutely talking about Dion coach Norvell. Um, but after the game, I, I saw that post game too. And I was like, he just wants to sell the bleep out of his program and the game get as many eyeballs. It was the fifth most watched regular season game in the history of ESPN. Colorado, Colorado State on at 10 o'clock it at night. At yeah. It didn't until yeah. three. Now, yeah. you know what I'm going to say here, and I'm going to touch on it two more times when we get later on in the podcast. Jane Norvell deserved to lose that game. He had a chance at overtime to go for two, go for two and make sure Colorado yeah. doesn't get back on the field, and he kicked the extra point. And when he did that, I said, that man is a born loser. Born loser, <laughs> because that's who does that. He wanted. Now, I will say, he was talking about his mom raised him to take his sunglasses and his hat off when he talked to adults. Well, you're a baby, because my mom told me when you have a chance <laughs> to take the opponent off the field, you take the opponent off the field. Don't let that offense get back on the field. They drove 98 yards on your stupid defense. You don't think they could have gone 25? What are you, yeah. dumb? Go for two, knock him out of the game. As soon as he lined up for the extra point, I was like, I want him to lose now. Before, I was like, this is an interesting game. I want to see how it plays out. And when he lined up for the extra point, I hate weakness. When he did that, I was like, break him. Break him, break his team, break his spirit. If he dies, he dies. Yeah, if he dies, he dies. Like... Do not go, do not kick an extra point in that scenario. If you ever, ever have a chance to make sure the other offense doesn't get the ball, you go for two and end it. You go for the win. Yeah. Um, we'll talk more about the net upcoming game coming up. Uh, what surprised me for Saturday? It was those Bama and Georgia scores coming in. They both, oh, yeah, not dominating not getting away bama was playing uh south florida what south florida let me tell you playing south carolina at least another sec team but both teams not covering not dominating bringing up questions it seemed like alabama was kind of doing like an internal point proving of 
hey, we had the quarterback with a skill set that needed to learn some lessons. We we didn't start him. Now we're going to play everybody but him just to show people that he's still our best option. I don't know. It just seemed like games are being played in-house there a little bit. They got to go back to the first guy. He has a skill set that can win. These other guys did not. Yeah, Milrow um, is by far their best quarterback. Yeah. And let me and tell so you, as a guy, I know you didn't watch that game. As a guy who watched that game, South Florida was their equal for three quarters. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't Alabama is, you know, Alabama is winning or Alabama, you know, it's a close game, but you never really thought, oh, Alabama's in trouble here. When I was watching that game, I was like, um, Alabama's absolutely in trouble here. And I, it was to the point where I was like, he's got to put Milrow in, right? Like, what are we doing here? And he didn't. They end up winning by two scores. But that second score that they get the lead on came with like three minutes left in the game. It was super late in the game. It was one of those yeah. games where the score is not indicative of how close that game really was. South Florida just couldn't get the offense moving. And now I will talk about it. I, when I was texting you spin zone for Virginia Tech, their offensive line is as good as Alabama's. South Florida had five sacks on Alabama. You don't think some defenses, when they get into some bigger games, like, I don't know, LSU, Auburn, Ole Miss, you don't think some of those teams are going to be going after players? That's why, and that's to your point, that's why they have to bring Milrow back. Because those other guys aren't getting yeah. away. They're not going to run away. Yeah. Milrow wouldn't have gotten sacked five times. Milrow probably could have made some plays happen, and that game is maybe a three- or four-score game. Maybe it's not pretty, but Alabama wins that game, and it doesn't look like that. Yeah. Um, I, was pulling for, I was pulling for Shane to shock the world, but it didn't happen. Uh, what I saw coming, though, was that BYU win. That was the, uh, my lock of the week last week. And I just read that one perfectly. So I just wanted to beat my chest on that while I had a chance. What what did you see that you saw come in last weekend? Uh, not my lock. My lock is a play school lock. Um, Tennessee. <laughs> I've been very bad at my locks this year. Yes. Tennessee getting yeah. smoked by Florida. That was not only do you lose, they got smoked. Um, Florida State, while we were going back to your surprises, Florida State was another one that. Yikes. That was a two point win against Boston College. Yeah, we were watching them get into that. Oh, no, we watched most all that, actually. That was not They great. got up on them, and we kind of stopped paying attention, and we were getting ready to leave and stuff. But, yeah, that was that was tight. Um, and, um, but I, I guess what I saw coming was <sighs> – I don't know. I, I, I was pretty surprised by most of the games because I think last week I said this is going to be a bad week for football. What a good week for you not yeah. to be able to watch football. And there were a lot of games that were closer than they should have been. And there were a lot of games that were tighter than they should have been. Oh, what I saw coming was the Ohio-Iowa State under. My goodness, 41 and a half points that under. The final score was 10 to 7. That, that was free money. I'd watched, I, I watched Iowa State play some of that Iowa game, knew they weren't good at offense. I've watched Ohio play, know that that's not their strong suit either. And I was like, this is going to be a low-scoring affair. Bobcats won, though. So... That's good. That's good. What are you looking forward to this weekend? Oh, man. I said last weekend's game sucked, and there were some surprisingly good games in there. This weekend's slate looks awesome. I love it. Colorado, Oregon at 330. That one might not be a close game, but I'm intrigued. 
I want to see what this Colorado team's got. They got Oregon. This is huge. You got Ohio State, Notre Dame. That's going to be a fun game because I think the winner of that game probably has a great shot at making the college football playoff. The loser of that game still may make the college football playoff, depending on how the rest of the regular season works out. I don't know. Eh, but I wouldn't assume, yeah. Um, depend on other people. Yeah, especially if Ohio State's the loser of that game. Um, no, if we had a 16-team playoff, probably they'd be in, yeah. Alabama Ole Miss is a game. Florida State Clemson is a game. Um, there are some other games that I really, really am looking forward to that I think are going to be fantastic games, too. Let me pull it up while you, you talk about some of your games that you're looking I, forward to. The, the Colorado and Oregon is, is what I'm – I haven't been able to just sit and watch Colorado yet. I just – the timing of their games this season haven't worked for me, so I'm looking forward to that. I was shocked it's a 21-point spread. Uh, I just thought – I mean, that's just – Vegas is just waiting for people to bet Colorado all day on that game. So uh, that's what they're doing with that line. Um, I'm not confident Colorado is going to win that game. I, you know, I, that's the reason you're not going to hear me talk about it down here. My super dog. Cause I like to pick super dogs. I actually think Mike could win. Um, but I do feel like, I mean, this it's building this Colorado thing's building and is it building to this or is it building to next week at USC? If it's building to next week at USC, that means they beat Oregon this week. Cool. That would be incredible. And I think they'll probably cancel schools nationally on Friday in preparation for that USC game next week. <laughs> Utah UCLA is another good one. Yeah. I looked at that one for a minute. Oh, Oregon so, State, Washington State. Winner goes to the Rose Bowl next year. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your locks and super dogs. Penn State, Iowa should be something. Um, That's going to be a low scoring affair. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to be good, but it'll be something. Um, What's the over-under there? Hold on. The over-under is 40. Oh, that's low. That is low. Um, All right. right. Locks and super dogs. That's what we're doing. Uh, Lock is UNC minus seven and a half against Pitt. Pitt sucks. I like that pick. I I think Florida State rebounds. I think Florida State's going to be my pick against BC. Clemson, I have not a whole lot of faith in. Florida State's only a two-and-a-half-point two favorite. I think last week's bad performance helped that line be tight. That's why I have Florida State as my lock. That's a noon ABC game. Uh, my dog, Baylor, 14-and-a-half. Um, I wasn't believing in Baylor, but I don't know if everything, the reasons I wasn't, is still true. Um, Texas, I don't think I, they should be as high as they are. The teams that they beat that got them ranked so high don't look that great either. So, I don't know. I just think we're destined for a little bit tighter of a game there in the Big 12 with no defense. I just, you know, I could see this being one of those, you know, 42-40 games. And so that's within 14 and a half points. And, I, you know, you get into those Big 12 games, anybody can win. I got Baylor plus 14 and a half. Uh, maybe. I will say. I don't believe in Texas. Yours wasn't good last week. Yeah, and I know you're remembering how tight they played Utah, and that's fair. But the week before that, they lost to Texas State by two scores. Yeah, they've got things figured out. <laughs> we you gotta, hope. We only bring up the facts that agree with my narrative. Yeah, I was going to say, you hope. Um, this is modern media here. I <laughs> I honestly think Texas might be fine in that game. I don't like Baylor. Um, fine. I took Ole Miss plus seven. I 
Alabama's offensive line is weak. I think even with Milrow in the game, that gives Alabama a much better chance to win the game. I I think if they do, it's going to be a tight, tight game. Jackson Dart is good on offense. I, that's what's going to hurt Alabama is when they play a team that has some firepower. Ole Miss has firepower. Ole Miss is going to put up points in this game. And the question is, can Alabama match them? I don't know. I don't know if they can or not. And so I think Ole Miss, Tuscaloosa, we've already seen Texas go in there and get a win. If uh, Ole Miss goes in there and gets a win, that's now two losses for Alabama. I would say they are firmly out of the playoff if they lose two games here uh, to Ole Miss because I also think they don't beat LSU. I think that's another loss coming up on the schedule. So nothing would make me happier than to see Nick Saban eliminated from the playoff like five weeks into the season or six weeks into the season. To uh, to update those scoring at home, uh, the – Picks last week. Joe did get his Indiana dog to uh, cover, but they didn't win the game, so he just gets those five points. Um, my lock, I got, uh, or my dog got 13 points because I got the five points for him winning. I got the eight-point spread, so that was awesome. So I've increased my lead to 15 and a half. It's 28 and a half to 13. Um, I also had my lock uh, with UNC. Neither of us got Tech. We both got Maryland over UVA. We both got JMU. I assume you got – are you taking Marshall? No. I believe in Brent Pry. I think he'll win that game. NC State will be and UVA. I will State take JMU, JMU over Utah State. Yep. We, we've been picking the same down there in those, so we'll see how this week's goes. But, yeah, I'm enjoying my uh, my 15-and-a-half-point lead. I'm also trying to pick in, in ways to maintain that, too. I was I was nervous about that. <laughs> um, all right, NFL action. I was surprised with those comebacks and those 4 p.m. games. I watched uh. the first half of the Washington game and the Giants game on the red zone along with others. And both of those teams were down. Uh, Washington down twenty-one to three in the first half. New York Giants down twenty-eight-seven. That might have been in the second half. Um, they both came back and won. Uh, so I was pretty surprised with that um, from two NFC East teams that were way down and then came back to win. I was surprised that this great team that I'm hearing about in Detroit choke jobbed against the Seattle <laughs> Seahawks. Did. That was awful. That. You got eliminated in the survivor pool in week one that we're in by the Vikings. I got eliminated in the survivor pool with a handful of others with the Detroit Lions laying an egg. Um, And honestly, let's go back to it. I banged on Coach Norvell. Let's bang on Dan Campbell. Let's bang on uh, Brandon Staley over the Chargers. That was two teams that had a chance to go down the field, score a touchdown, and take the lead late in the fourth quarter. They had timeouts. Both took timeouts with them that they lose going into overtime because we're going to run down the clock. And the TV announcers on CBS, by the way, must have taken taken stupid pills before they got on air because the color analyst is on there going, well, uh, I can't believe Mike Vrabel's not using his timeouts. Doesn't he want to get the ball back? And I was like, uh, no, what he doesn't want is the Chargers to score a touchdown here. And if Brandon Staley over on the other sideline is dumb enough to not use timeouts, let the clock run on himself, so he has to kick a field goal and take it into overtime, you'll let him do that. Because then you can't lose. The only way you lose is if you do what you're saying and the Chargers start airing it out 
and score a touchdown. Yeah. I, both of those coaches, the Lions did that, which drove me bananas. I was like, throw the ball down the field, score a touchdown. If you can't stop, and I know the, the counter-argument is, well, you don't want to give the other team too much time. If you can't stop Geno Smith, and if you can't stop Ryan Tannehill from driving the field to beat you, you didn't deserve to win the game in the first place. No. They go into overtime. What happens? The Seattle Seahawks go right down the field, score a touchdown. What happens to the Chargers? They get the ball first, poop the bed because Brandon Staley is going to get fired at the end of this year because he's the dumbest nerd in the world. And then the Titans go down the field and kick a field goal and beat them. Two bums. Therefore, the city of Detroit and the city of Los Angeles no longer exist. <laughs> I do not recognize All right, that. Uh, what I saw coming out of the NFL, it was Thursday night. Uh, there was a lot of prop stuff, or not prop, but just like specials for betting on Thursday. I took advantage of a lot of them. Uh, I think I had three different ones going. They all hit. Uh, so not nothing huge, but I, I padded a little money in there. Um, and so the Eagles beating the Vikings, definitely saw that coming. Vikings in primetime, why, why would we be betting Vikings in primetime? Uh, word, it was a no-sweat bet, so I got mine back. Um, I did take the Vikings because I didn't like what yeah, I saw from the wanna, Eagles. With those no-sweat bets, it's so it's so You take the plus tempting money. You take the take plus, the plus money because then you get the money back. I did that on the weekend while I was in Maryland where I could bet on teams from the state of Virginia. Um, so I have that bet to use this week. <laughs> That's good because, yeah, somebody didn't beat Rutgers. Um, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> um, Monday night. You were talking about your wins on Thursday night. Monday night was my good night because I got both winners and um, I closed out a couple parlays that hung over until Monday night, the Steelers game. My, my Steelers uh, uh, actually did a lot better than my Thursday night. I did well last night too. I did actually. Your nice Steelers, your Saturdays and Sundays look very familiar. Oh, yeah. Oh, offense is terrible. Offense is terrible, and you're mess. just that Steelers game was a mess. When you're mess. when you're on defense, you're sitting there going, "Please score a touchdown!" <laughs> like, and that's what it took. They scored one touchdown yeah. purely by accident. George Pickens oh, yeah. was alone in the middle of the field, and George Pickens forgot that his job was to not score a touchdown and just sprints into the end zone because he's he thought he was at Georgia for a second because he couldn't believe how wide yeah. open he was. He was flying. He was flying. Which thank no, goodness. It was nice nine seconds in that game to have a seven point lead. That was very enjoyable. But yeah, then and it, then it, yeah, at the end of the game, it took a game. it took a pick six and a scoop and oh. score at the very end to win the game. Yep. Deshaun Watson, not very good. Yeah, that's fine with me. Love to see. Oh, uh, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this Chargers Vikings game. Not the game itself, the post game because someone's going to be in the hot seat. Oh, someone. Both teams zero and two. Someone is teams, getting fired. Yeah, not, maybe think, not right after the on, game, but that coach is basically just a dead man walking. He is the leader of the hot seats, and more losses will only hurt that more. And so I'm interested in that talk. Uh, not that I like people losing their job, but come on, it's the NFL coaches. Can we, survive. can we talk about this? How Chargers, do the Chargers – this is why Brandon Staley, I said he's the dumbest nerd in the world, because he – I according to my book, I do this. Blah, blah, blah. Well, what does your book say about giving the other team the ball back, you dumb idiot? Again. Blew it in regulation with a chance to win. You've already done this rant. But he does it time in and time out. According to the math. Well, according to the math, you should win more because your players are better. 
They should win more. Uh, what are you looking forward to this weekend? I don't know if you looked at the schedule ahead or not, but now's uh, the time. Yeah, I, I hadn't. I, I was looking at the college schedule. That's how much I love the college schedule. I just don't like college football more than pro football. Um, I do, too. But I do, too. I just wish my teams were better. Um, I guess what I'm looking forward to is more of a rest of the season thing while I pull up the schedule for this week and tell you a game in particular. Um, the Ravens are in a great position because the Steelers' offense doesn't look like they're going to be a threat. Uh, the Bengals are 0-2. Joe Burrow looks bad. Uh, this year and uh, Cleveland is Cleveland. So loving that. I wish we could get it together for you. No, you guys don't need to I do don't. that. I, I'm kind of surprised. Can I be honest? You there know, are no started notice Eagles, Bucks, a whole lot. Eagles, there, Bucks, Monday like, night, I guess. Yeah. Um, the Cowboys I'm are so- going to kick the absolute crap out of the Cardinals. How did the Cowboys schedule? <laughs> good Lord. I think the Cowboys defense is legitimately good, but I also think they have not faced a legitimately good offense the whole year. Yeah. They'll come. They'll come. All right. Uh, let's D block this thing. I want to lead it off with traveling. Obviously I think how many of the last few weeks in this podcast, I've talked about what I haven't been able to watch that ends now. Uh, I've been on the road for six weekends, basically five of six weekends. Um, and it's over and I'm glad we're at the end of it. Um, no more sleeping away on Saturday nights and stuff like that. So I'm excited about that. I am just still have stuff to do around the area. We have this neighborhood party, uh, coming up and, and stuff like that, but I should be able to catch a good amount of sports and that's what I want to do in the fall. So uh, I'm saying no to every, you know, trip out of town from now till uh, November because I, I have one scheduled November. Um, so that's what I got going. Um, this re- this Airbnb we were in, very clean, very nice. Some, some unknown hazards around the property, but the biggest hazard that I have an issue with personally, others might have others. They didn't have, they said cable TV. You have cable TV. So this is my Hokie group. We're going to a wedding. We get there Friday to meet up because we're all coming from a good distance away. So we kind of make a weekend of it. Our plan is Saturday is to watch college football until it's time to go to the wedding. Cable TV, pictures of the Airbnb, 55-inch TV here, TV hanging on this wall, TV hanging on this wall. So it looks like they get, you need solid television. Nope. They have the most basic of all the cables. Yeah. None of the TVs are smart for you to be able to hook up anything very easily, you know, without preparedness of bringing like a Chromecast with you. Um, Just terrible. It's 20 minutes from civilization, this house. So we watched Fox pregame, which I did not enjoy. And I might have complained about every chance I had. Way too much Gronk for me. Um, I just, I don't know. I just was so mad about that situation. Then we watched the ABC game, Florida State, Boston College, because it's that or like one other game choice. It just that's not cable. That's not cable. If all you have is the most basic networks through your cable subscription, you're just digital over the air. You're not you're not cable. So don't don't say it that way. So I'm glad to be home where I know what TV I have. I know what TVs I can drag all into one room. I know I can set up four TVs at some point on Saturday, and uh, that'll be great. That, that'll be what I want. Yeah. 
That's not good. That's when when you started describing your situation, I was like, oh, I know where this is going. Um, their definition of cable and your definition of cable are two different things. Very much so. To only have the the basic networks is bad. I thought they might not get the Big Ten network. Like, I could see someone thinking they oh, have cable no. and not oh, having oh, that. Due, due to things having to be scheduled, I, I, I know there's the common jokes about scheduling wed- weddings in the fall, and yes, this was a bunch of Hokies, and sure, it was regular in the Hokie game. you got to schedule that stuff in advance. It is what it is. We're terrible right now, so I'm really not judging anybody on that. But If you don't have no, ESPN, have I will say ESPN. this. If you don't have ESPN, you don't have That's cable. That's not cable. Yeah, if you don't have ESPN, okay. you don't have cable. That, that phrase with some other sentence enhancers might have been said many times on Saturday. No. I'm sorry. I do love a good sentence enhancer. Sentence enhancers are great. Um, <laughs> I don't know if I have anything it's for funny. this, Leland. I, I had a very relaxing weekend. Baseball. Huh? Okay. Oh, let's talk baseball. baseball. Let's talk baseball. Yeah. You want to bet. Good for you. The Orioles are in the playoffs. We're trying to win the division. We're up on. We came back on the Astros last night. We're up on the Astros right now, hopefully holding on. Uh, up 7-3 seven, seven, in the 6th. Uh, did Tampa win tonight? Who knows? Um, <laughs> it's, it's knowable. It is knowable. <laughs> I don't think they finished their game yet, obviously, because I'm looking at the live ESPN standings. Because the other good news is the Boston <laughs> Red Sox back off the face of the earth, losing seven of their last ten, which means I might win a bet. You said they're losing. Love it. No, they're winning 6-2 against Gosh. the Angels. It's over. They won. Bleep. Uh, okay. Well, whatever. Whatever. Just win the game. Doesn't matter. Um, if we get past the Astros, let me put it to you this way. If we get past the Astros, we have the Guardians, the Nats, and the Red Sox. I'm feeling great about winning the division. If we win the division, that means we're the number one seed. That means we get a bye, and all these other teams have to play their way through. Set up. Set up your pitching staff. Set up our pitching staff, which isn't great, which we absolutely need to do. Oh, man. Gosh, if we could get. Now, we won't. We would play, as the one seed, we would be playing the wild card team that advances, which would probably be the Rays. Um, but you split with them this week. You beat them down there earlier this season. Yeah, we did. We did. We have. We won yeah. the regular season series. The Rays would concern me. I would love to get the Jays, Rangers, or Mariners versus the Rays. Uh, but honestly, the Rays are the one team in the AL that scares me. Everybody else in the yeah. AL, well, I look at. They're nearly tied with you. That's is, true. They're so. they're they're the next best team. Um, that's very true. Everybody else I look at in the American League, I'm like, yeah, we can beat them for sure. And we've beaten every team yeah. in the league. And the wild card is sewn up. Yeah, we've beaten every team in the league. Um, we we are the first team ever in MLB history to beat every other team in the same regular season. Now, this is, I think, maybe, this is either the first or the second year that that's even been possible. So it's a little bit of cherry picking on a stat, but oh well, whatever. We did it. We're, no one else did it. We did it. We're the first. Um, yeah, and we're playing really well. We we guaranteed a playoff spot for the first time since 2016 uh, with our comeback win. Uh, actually, win or lose in that game on Sunday against the Rays, we would have clinched because the Rangers lost. 
the Rangers have absolutely played themselves into a dangerous situation. The Mariners who aren't yeah, playing great. Four in a row. Yeah, the Mariners who aren't playing great are now tied with them. Um, Cleveland's not going to be a factor. Yeah, you're right. We know who the teams are in the wild card. We just don't know. One of them's not going to make it there. Seattle or Texas aren't going to make it. Yeah, probably. Seattle or Texas Toronto, aren't going to make it. Toronto probably will make it. Um, yeah, I just, I love where we're playing right now. I love how we're playing. Um, and, and honestly, like, I'll worry about the National League teams when we get there. Like, whether it's the Dodgers or the Braves or whoever comes out of the National League, I'll worry about that when we get yeah. there. Yeah. Right now, I'm enjoying the yeah. hell out of this run. We're having a lot of fun. Um, I did take a screenshot. I can't believe I didn't send it to you. I did send it to uh, another Orioles fan that I'm good friends with um, on the champagne celebration that was going on. And John Angelos had goggles on in the picture. And I did take a screenshot and send it to him and go, not you. Um, <laughs> like, you don't get to celebrate. <laughs> but but um, yeah, no, the team's playing great. The young guys are absolutely coming through. Cedric Mullins last night hosed a guy at home, which kept the game tied. And then in the ninth inning, just matches a home run to give us yeah. the lead and was fantastic. I loved it. I love the way this team's playing. You saw the Red Sox fire their GM. Oh, that's not a surprise. That's not going well. Yeah, it oh, hasn't been going well. You know what? I, You're bringing they, up the Red Sox, which brings me to this point. I see an article on Google when I'm going, getting ready to, you know, get on Google as I do every morning to type in Immaculate Grid and take me to the Immaculate Grid so I can probably get something wrong and then really hate myself for the rest of the day when I see the answer. At least we're giving you a reason. Right. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, giving you a fresh reason. Yeah, because that's <laughs> that's been the problem. Um, when uh, when I go to the Google main page, it's like, do we really need divisions? And it was pointing oh at the AL East. I was like, oh, Red Sox and Yankees finish at the bottom of the AL East one time, and now we're gonna get rid of divisions. I've been well. bitching about this for years, and now the Yankees and the Red Sox are last place, and all of a sudden, whoa, divisions aren't really fair. The AL East is the toughest division in baseball. No, duh. It's been that way for a while, you jackholes. It's just that your teams now are at the bottom, and now all of a sudden it's a crisis. Um, Otani had a surgery today. His agent was out there talking right after it, saying he'll be ready to hit in April. Uh, but just and then not. That was a weird thing, right? On Saturday, and the Angels had to like pass it along. I here's the thing, Leland. I know why they chose Sunday because it's NFL Sunday and literally no one's going to know. But I think they could have dropped that on college football Saturday and it also would have been as not noticeable. I think the only reason it got any attention on Saturday was because they said he's cleaned out his locker. We'll tell you more tomorrow. And I was I like, hear about why don't you stuff until Monday? That's how much football dominates. Why don't <laughs> you tell me now? It was just weird. I, I, when a player cleans out his locker before the end of the regular season, that means they've been shut down. That's what that's code for. Knowing he was hurt, what that told me is he's not playing another game for the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. So, fine. Yeah. His agent did what his agent should have done back when he got hurt at the beginning, which is shut him down, get the surgery. Instead, they tried to play a few more games, got worse, surprise, and now it's a bigger deal. 
If he can hit in April, it's not that much bigger of a deal. Yeah, if he can hit in April, it won't be that actually much does. bigger of a deal. I know they're saying he can. It has to happen. In April, I will decide if it was a big deal or not. Mm-hmm. Even so. if it's May, it's not that big of a deal. But if it's yeah, June, it's early in the season. If, if you it's don't June, lose half the season, it starts to become a yeah. big deal. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we both, I think, added this note in, um, and we shared, I don't know which way we shared this article. I think I shared it to you, but I know I shared it with my other friends because all my other friends are band people. Uh, there's a band director and that was, what was down in Alabama? It was in Birmingham. Yep. Yeah. In, in, in high school game. And by now the initial article, we saw it. Now we've seen body, uh, body cam footage but the band director is conducting his band not telling his band to pack up and leave apparently they're the last people left in the stadium or some of the last people last left in the stadium the police are clearing the field and everything just escalates way too much i i just don't i really don't care (laughs) what comes to this point but he ends up getting tased and arrested and getting tased in front of all the students and it's just, no matter what, everything escalated too much. If the band director was being snippy with the cops and ignoring their requests, that's not great. I just don't see how we get to that point. If, I, on the police side, like the band's still playing. If they're the only ones in, that's like a, a, it's a handleable group. This isn't a bunch of hooligans throughout the stadium. This is an organized group, obviously under control of somebody, like, okay, like, just don't be so pushed. Like, just, it's not a great situation. How does it escalate to this point? I think a lot of people weren't right, but I do, I mean, that just come to the point where it's, if someone's getting tased and arrested from this interaction, I don't understand how that's the proper way of handling crowd control or justice. It just seems like way too far, way too much overreaction. Um, not reading the room of the situation or the outdoor stadium. I just, I don't like it. I hate it. I hate, I hate this. Now, obviously this is social media and that's why we're seeing this. We're seeing body cam footage today on Twitter. Like it's a different world we live in stuff. I'm sure happened back in the day that we never saw each week, but now we see every event because of everybody has a camera, but I still don't like it. That doesn't make it right that it used to things used to be bad too. Seeing it makes it worse. I don't like it. I think people, you know, I'm not calling for everybody's jobs, but I do think people need to have some reaction to this and we need to hear about it so that others can learn of how overreacting to this is bad. And at the same time, you know, how not listening to police officers can also cause problems. And like, there's just a better way for everybody to handle everything they did in this incident. Yeah, I mean, my reaction the to you when you said it to was me. was the first time I started saying something about the band director. Before that, I'm like, what the heck? What the heck? What the heck? But the band director is completely being disrespectful to the authority of the police officers. So I, I'm not saying he deserves to be tased. I'm just saying, you know, you can avoid some issues right there. If you just speak to them with respect. Hey, yeah. we're finishing our last song. We're about to go to here. He's just completely blowing them off. And I, that's not right either. That's not right. Does it deserve the reaction it got? No, but it's not right. I agree. My my first reaction when I saw this this morning, when you texted it to me and read the article this morning, was we're tasing people for playing music now. 
Um, yeah. It's ridiculous. I just... I understand the band was asked to leave the stadium multiple times and didn't. Um, and maybe the opposing school was getting frustrated by that and whatever. Um, it's too much. <laughs> it's it's too much. You don't have to do that. You don't have to do it. Um, At some point, you can just let – okay. Okay. Here's me, here's my thing, up. right? right. It, Go ahead. Yeah. The school administration tells the band director, "We want to go home. Please leave." If he still doesn't leave, you tell him, "We are shutting the lights off after this song. If you're still here, good luck." I'm sure there's a liability issue in the stadium not doing that. So then that's when you have a form saying any injury happening yeah. due to the lights being shut off, I assume responsibility I, for. I do believe at some point, and we, I think that's what a lot of these escalations get to, is people just don't want to just let a-holes be a-holes anymore. <laughs> like, it's, it's like some point, they got to stop them, and we got to put it up. Just let the a-hole be the a-hole. Okay, you let this band director just play. And, like, he's telling the cops, I'm not going anywhere. And he's telling any administration, I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to fit it. And, I mean, he's saying he's going to finish this song, but just, like, if he's just the a-hole, you come out of this and just like, man, that guy's is real high. Then it's for the administration to handle when things have calmed and, 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 you know, physical violence and arresting isn't part of the deal. And maybe it affects his employment or, or, you know, his ability to make those decisions in the future. Like, you know, there's some kind of repercussion that seems reasonable to think. Like if he's going to act like that, then like, let him act like that. I, I, I have this approach sometimes life and I think I've benefited from it. Just like, let crazy be crazy. Let mean be mean. And as long as it's not causing you physical violence. Or that's the other like side, that, right? Like, like I, that's I, I my problem with the tasing. Back. No one is being hurt physically by the band right. playing. Right. No one's in physical danger. Why are we physically hurting people? I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't have a great answer for all this. I, it's a terrible situation. I wish it didn't happen. I wish I didn't watch it. And, like Because I initially, I was just like, the cops are wrong. Which... It doesn't make me feel good. That's my initial thought. But when I saw the body cam footage, I, I did back off that a touch because, like, he is being disrespectful to the authority of what they have. Is the t- cops talking to him maybe more than authority that should have been? In- maybe. But still, they're there. Like, once a cop's talking to you, interact with them in a respectful way, and and you, it seems less likely things will get escalated. I know we can take that phrase that I just said onto a much different platform and talking about a lot of injustices happening and that's not always the case in this case in this story that's what i how i read that situation i wasn't there so i don't know and, and i know seeing we're seeing the body cam footage changed my point of view i know we're degree. seeing body cam footage but we're also not seeing the whole altercation from the body cam footage we're seeing what is released um from the police department eh. um yeah. and I don't know what happened before that. I don't know what happened after the body cam footage. Um, yeah, it's just to me, it's I get because I've been places Friday nights. We're watching body cam footage. We're seriously. I've been places about Friday nights where of a band director who's been tased and arrested. Like, 
my goodness, we're just way far from anything that should have happened. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's just where I land on this is I understand. I've been, We've been to plenty of different schools on Friday nights, and we're always – we always – Go. Late. We're some of the last people to get out of there sometimes, yeah. because we're yeah. doing the post game shows on the radio, and we try to be respectful of the administrator's time while we're doing that, and get out of there before it gets too late. But if the bands and it seemed like at the beginning of the story when they're talking about it, the bands are kind of their band is playing, the band that the director gets tased is playing, the other school's band is playing, and they're just like back and forth playing. And yeah. then the police say, Hey, go home, you know, it's over or whatever. And I'm like, part of me is like, what's the worst that's happening here? Two bands are playing yeah. songs at each other. Right. Like in a day and age where we have players getting death threats over a hit on a sideline in a Colorado, Colorado state game at a high school, two bands are playing songs at each other. And that's where we step in and tase people like i'm just like okay i guess i don't know why we care this much and also i don't know like could the other school officials could the administration not look at the band director for their school and say hey if you guys want to keep doing this that's fine this is on you if something happens here your job like, that's the other thing. Yeah. Like, if they want to, who cares? Who cares if they want to play across at each other? And at that point, you don't need the police there. The game's over, right? That's why the police are there. The security threat is is gone. I would say. I don't know why they had to be there at all. And that's, that's once the police get called in, they're looking to resolve a situation. I would say, I... To me, once the game is over, I I feel, I I will say this, I don't remember seeing too many police cars on our way out of some games. There are some games where I don't think we see them at all because the security threat is gone. We're like the last ones there, and they know the guys from the radio probably aren't going to raise a bunch of hell. (laughs) So they go. I would imagine the band is going to be a similar situation. Oh, the band's going to knock off the concession stand. Probably not. They're pretty noticeable. They're carrying a lot of musical instruments. That'll be a pretty quick roundup. Like, I I don't know. It, to me, it's just... <sighs> when I read it, I was, I was just like, well... And, and again, this doesn't sound great either, but part of me was like, not surprised to see the location where that happens. And I'm just like, yeah, it seems about right. Like, People lose their heads on Friday Night Football. Like, I just... If the worst thing that is happening at your Friday Night Football game is the band is staying after the game playing music, I'd say you had a pretty successful event and move on. <laughs> yeah. Like, I I just... It was a disappointing thing to read. Indeed. But that'll do it for us on this episode of the Exports Podcast. Make sure you subscribe to Podbean, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever podcast, Podbean. Uh, we're probably on it. Um, we got thrown on some that we didn't even put ourselves on because, I don't know, apparently Podbean can do that. Um, so 
If you have podcasts, search YAC Sports Pod. That's YAC Sports Pod. And find us. You can email us, yaksportspod at gmail.com. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss another episode. We're talking about local high school sports that you care about. And hopefully no band directors get tased this week. Um, until then, folks, enjoy your the rest of your week. And we will talk to you again next week. You've been listening to Yak Sports, your Augusta County sports podcast.